gentlemen, it's me, it's me, it's the author imitated, never duplicated, love to be calculated, king of bubbling sensation of innovation, the leader of the House of Mouse. It's me, Mikey Bro, here with the man who's, uh, you know, I guess his last name is kind of like Hughes Aircraft, right? Brian Hughes, Brian, Seattle, what's up, bud? What's up, man? How you doing? It's good doing... to uh, be on the show here with you, doing our, our opening intro for uh, the, the Poddemit podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Any chance I get to play, you know, dad jokes, right? Any chance I get to go with a play on words, I'm going to go ahead and take that opportunity to do so. Um, so, guys, today me and Brian have been talking, Not, I mean, well, we've been talking for a minute now, but we both had interest in doing a podcast. You know, Gary's really busy with other stuff for the league, so me and Brian decided to go ahead and, uh, you know, Throw a podcast up today. Maybe going forward, we can do some other podcast if you guys enjoy this one. Um, today, we kind of wanted to, to focus on the end of the season. We got about, what, six games left between five and six games, depending on where you're playing. Um, so, Brian, like, let's get into it, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, typically, typically, um, PBA, you know, has always came down to the wire for, for some of you new GMs out there. Um, a lot of parody in this league um, is no different. And if you don't mind, Brian, I would like to start, I mean, really, with, in my opinion, de- depending how you feel on Vegas, um, the four best teams in the league and how that division's kind of played out. That's your division. Um, obviously, there was a big brawl, unfortunately, slash fortunately, uh, you know, last sim. Um, why don't you go ahead and get into that and explain to everybody what happened? Yeah, so um, absolutely, Mike, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, there is a lot of good teams, but I don't think anybody would dispute that uh, that Paris, Cologne, Vancouver, and then you know even this year, uh, Van- uh, my team, Seattle, um, have all have all played very well this year. We all Clean have ninety plus crop. wins. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a, a uh, big news, and uh, I know it's been covered a little bit in Slack, but I think it's very it's very much worth Are we talking, talking about. Coda? No, we're not talking no, about not, not, not yet. yet. Not, not yet. yet. Not yet. Okay. But uh, no, the Vancouver Seattle matchup. So this has playoff implications, but apparently there was a, a brawl that took place between Eric Schlitz, the left fielder, and, and honestly, probably the best player for Vancouver, um, and Mario Beltran, the number two overall prospect, the uh, pitcher for Seattle. And, and this basically ended up in a situation where. Uh, hey, Eric for, Schlitz. Hey, 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 man, for Beltron, you love to see it. I mean, he's a 22-year-old kid, top prospect, and you'd love to see the fire in his belly. I mean, he's only yeah. has 12 innings for the entire season so far. You know, called him right. September, I believe, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, the thing is is he, he wasn't going to make the, the playoff roster anyways. So, But the bigger story here is Eric Schlitz, like I mentioned, you're talking about a guy, he's a six-war player. He's probably the star. best player on Vancouver he gets a four game suspension and anybody that's been watching this playoff race knows that Vancouver has been steadily losing ground to Cologne well they're actually tied now at 94 and 62 so there is a chance now that Vancouver could end up being a wild card and and it's a very long shot but they could actually end up being the number two wild card and have to play Cologne round one so um, what's your thoughts, A, on the fight and, and the fact that when you look at Vancouver um, as a team now, losing their best player, because I think you got to take this into consideration, Mikey, when you – not only they lose their best player, but their last six games, you have three games versus Paris and then three games versus Montreal, which is a, um, a division rival. So I don't think they're going to take all three. Yeah, look, looking to play spoiler um, – <laughs> As the logo says, PBA pod, damn it, nonsensical rants and so on. And I'll be providing the nonsensical rants of the two of us, I would assume. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, I did mention Beltron and, you know, shout out to the kid, man. You know, I, I was kind of, when you mentioned it, I did go and look and um, just, just a shout out, man. Had a little fire in his belly, you know, first ever start I wanted to mention. You know, he went eight innings, got the dub, 118 pitches, uh, seven strikeouts. So he. Well, you know, he, he may not have made the playoff roster. I think you're underselling him a little bit. Beltran has a high upside. He's a big, big strikeout pitcher. And I think he probably could provide some innings for you, at least eat some innings for you, sans a game gets out of hand early on. The Schlinzer, however you want to say his name, and Brian, you, 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 you know, we've talked for a minute now, man, and you're, you're just as bad at the pronunciations as I am, so <laughs> we're going to go with it. Um, Schlintz, for those keeping track, is S-C-H-L-I-E-N-T-Z, which I'm sure five other people will pronounce it five different ways. But, yeah, man, I mean, four games, six to play. Um, as you mentioned, Montreal and Paris. Paris has everything wrapped up. Christian's probably sitting players, if I know Christian. 
And in doing so, Montreal is going to have to play spoiler. Even which Slins is out, you know, I, I think even though the strength of schedule tilts to to, to him there, I, I, I mean, I would have to imagine Vancouver still finds a way, despite being 5-5 five and five in his last 10, despite Cologne winning his last six games and having a near-perfect sim last sim, you know, 8-10 in his last two. 8-2 in his last 10, excuse me. I mean, I would have to assume Vancouver's going to get it. But really, I mean, it's interesting because, as you said, this is this sim is important not because it's only the last sim of the season, but it's, you know, seeding, man. I mean, seeding on your side is fucking interesting. We have Paris, obviously, in the number one spot. Kentucky or Tampa Bay, someone's going to get... Someone's going to get a buy. And really, I don't see it just as, you know, upcoming round. You had mentioned to me, you know, Cologne. Who could play Cologne in that round? And I'm like, well, that's fine, but... I think you're missing or burying the lead here. I want that other seed. I want that top spot, not just for that first round escape, but I want to play Kentucky or Tampa Bay in that second round. Like, that's what I want. I want yeah. the easy path. Because really, really, there's four good teams in your division, two of which are going to have to face off twice. And really, man, if you look at it, I mean, Tampa Bay and Kentucky are both in. Who's going to get Tampa Bay? Who's going to get Kentucky? Probably Kentucky's the team you want to avoid. And the seeding really matters because it's either you're going to Paris in round two or you're going to find a way to sneak your ass over to the other side of the bracket. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great point. It's a great point. It, it is it is worth noting, though, um, as it's you mentioned. It's kind of like with, you get a bye, man, that second round. No disrespect to Kentucky or Tampa Bay, but they're 81 and 75 apiece, and that's really, I believe, their win totals. If you look at their overall rosters, I mean, I was talking to Roos, a Tampa Bay general manager at the deadline. He's like, I really don't want to make any moves with such an average team at best. Kentucky's, I mean – the most veteran team in this league at this point in terms of who's making the playoffs, I believe. So really, I mean, if, if you're, if you're, if you're one of Cologne, Vancouver or Seattle, you get past that first tough matchup. You, you want to get a higher seed because you want to bounce to the other bracket, man. You, you, you really want to bounce that other bracket. Um, I'd rather play Kentucky than Paris and Manchu. That's for damn sure. So it's, it's, it's really a difference of having to go through two people en route to the, to the LCS versus just one. And again, no disrespect. Everything is random. Everything, not random, excuse me, anything can happen. But I mean, obviously, right? I mean, I, I don't think I'm I, speaking no, but here. I think it's pretty, pretty poignant. I, I think, I think your point is well received though, because, you know, I, I think the best predictor of future events is the past, right? That's what they tell us in history. And if you look this year, like, let's just take a team like Vancouver, right? Because they're probably going to be a wildcard team. Did Vancouver overachieve last year winning the championship? I know they had the best record, but did they overachieve? I don't feel like they did only because I think if nothing else, as tough as the division is this year, I think that uh, them winning 94 games in this division, I think it proves, to me, it solidifies that they were – if anything, I think people slept on them a little bit last year. I mean, this is a team that's going to win 96 games in clearly the toughest division in the PBA. Okay, now, Eric Slint, you know, one member of the brawl, we're, we've been talking about him right now, um, he hits third for them. Question, does Koga slot in at number three spot these next six games? Well, it's interesting Side because... <laughs> it's interesting because if if you look at... If you look at Vancouver right in a vacuum and you look at who they have, my biggest concern with Vancouver right now is so right now the backup to Schlitz I mean man, third, third in runs for second in runs against. I mean the team is complete as shit. Absolutely. Absolutely. But the backup right now to Schlitz is Bobby Castillo, who on the year, now granted, he's only had 142 at bats, but he's only hitting 176, Mike. I mean, we're not talking about a guy that is going to be a run producer. He's got four home runs. This this is not a guy that's going to be able to adequately fill in for Eric Schlintz. So my point was, no, this but... is a loss you're going to feel. So you almost feel like you have to go that route and put in the unknown in Koga because I feel like for Vancouver, and I think Vancouver would say the same thing, I don't think there's any way in hell that they want to play um, – that they want to play – Cologne or you or me if they can avoid it because well, no, I mean you the, the 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 whole thing is trying to avoid one another in that first round to the second like you guys are trying to avoid that first round match you want Tampa um right obviously again no disrespect to Tampa his team is not probably more of an indication of that division's terribleness like the ARL we'll get to the ARL more than anything else I mean here's the thing he signed Bobby Castillo as you mentioned 4.5 one year um, to me, I, I was looking at his stats, you know, he was hanging out there for a long time and dude hit 33 plus hundred plus 70 plus home run RBI based on balls. The last three seasons combined, he had, I mean, aside from his defense a little bit, his average dipping, 
his on-base dipping. Like, there's nothing that suggested dude in, you know, even only a handful of games was going to play as poorly as he did. Um, and it happens sometimes. You fall off. His defense is still right. adequate. You know, he's a nice role player, I think, despite a down year. Um, but, yeah, man, I, <laughs> I think it's Koga time. In a, I was just going to say, I, you know what, we can we can build up Bobby Castillo. Bobby, and, Robert, and we can, Robert Castillo. Right, we can we can try to build the kid up. But my 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 personal opinion is, you you go out, you sign Koga, uh, you have thirty seven point six million dollars, <laughs> right? Which is really like two and a half million, but we'll get into that later. Six games. Wait, question. We can pretty much guarantee Koga for the history of this league. Right now, we'll make more on a per game basis than anyone in history of this league ever, probably. Yeah, that, you know what? That's probably accurate. Six games, and he's <laughs> going to probably get accurate. Six games. Well, wait, hold on. I'm confused. So Koga could have been called a blasphem, right? So he has 21 days. He's been sitting in DFA. He had seven he, days. He could have played him last sim. Yeah, that is true. He, so he, he I don't know what's going on there. Sim. Yeah, I don't, and I, don't, I don't know either. I don't know either, but I will tell you the. Wait, are we calling Tom Fullery? Is this our Tom first Tom Fullery? <laughs> I, I'm not ready to call Tom Fullery, but I will tell you the the part that was Tom Fullery to me was Vancouver placing him on waivers. I mean, I understand he can pull him back, but like, yeah. like it, you know, if you if you sign the guy, be, I'm going to give you both 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 logicals here, Mike. If you sign the guy, play devil's advocate. Hey, play correct. devil's advocate. Why not? Correct. And by the way, if, I do want to say timestamp wise. Jeff was commenting after the season start after the sim started. So yeah. By the way, I don't think he probably knew, but I'm not saying he didn't. I actually have no idea. Jeff seems like a super nice dude, so I'm not gonna ever go down that yeah. route. But I just it's the 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 the, the timing's weird. And by the way, Jeff, I'm talking about you because I'm gonna talk about everyone. I'm gonna talk about myself. I, <laughs> damn it! Don't make me the voice of reason on this podcast. That's gonna have to be your job, Ryan. That I that I am not suited for that. But you are so skeptical <laughs> of everything. You're gonna force me into that scenario, and I don't like it. Well, here's the thing, you know, like we've talked about. So, you know, option one is he signed him for 37 million for one year thinking, you know, hey, I can re-sign him, right? During the off season, I'm going to have the only, I'm going to be the only one that'll have the ability to negotiate with him basically the whole off season. Okay. That's, that's, you know, rationale one. Rationale two is you signed him to 37 million because you know, that it's only going to cost you a couple million and you're essentially locking this kid up for three years for the rest the of two, the season. Well, not, not just the rest of this season because following this season is two years of MILC control, which is essentially league minimum. So right. my, so my thought is, and once again, I understand he's saying he didn't know that and that's fine. But my thought is if you sign this kid, like you got to pull him off waivers and you got to play him. It's, it's Koga time. Like it, you can, don't, can, you can don't sign this made. kid. It's COVID time. Yeah. Yeah. Vancouver's already got him on sale. Like the kid's got exceptional power. He's a better defender than Bobby Castillo at this point. And he's as much as, as, much as we pretend this is real baseball. It's not, it's a video game. It, no, this is real life. Don't, don't listen to anything Mike's telling you right now. He's absolutely incorrect. Yes. This is absolutely real life. People are losing jobs out here. No, but the, the bottom line Southern is Southern California. He's, He's above average in right field. He's a 51 right now. He's got 75 range. It's Koga time. It's it's time to put this kid in and see what he can do. And we've seen in the past in the PBA several guys, international free agent guys that have come in right around the same age as this kid, 25, 26, 27, like a kid on your team right now, Lefebvre, that have come in and, and absolutely dominated the league right out the gate. Why would you not put this kid in? He needs because you're trying all... to save him for next year's two minor league contract. That's what, yeah, that's but – you can't you can't think like that, Mike. The bottom line is is right now you have an well, opportunity. I'm devil's advocate. I'm just saying. Right now you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity in front of you to not only win the next six games, but set yourself up positioning wise. You're tied with Cologne. Set yourself positioning wise to where you don't have to play potentially both of those teams. Hey, you, I just he has to go sure, out. I want to make sure. Uh, you know, this is live live podcasting here. You did hit record, right? <laughs> absolutely absolutely excellent. excellent see we are professionals here now okay so we we, we are in agreement. it's koga time has to be koga time let's have koga time koga for one koga for all um hip hip hooray hip 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 hooray for koga um 
but yeah, so just 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 to wrap up that point, um, Shalette, whatever his name is, big yeah. loss. Beltron has some fire in his belly. Love it. Um, gun to head. I'm gonna say Vancouver gets the two spot. I'm gonna do it, just because See, I think his his path. I think everyone in Montreal. I, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I'm going the opposite way. I I think personally. I think Cologne, as well as they've played and as hot as they've been and their remaining schedule, um, I, I like Cologne. I think Cologne ends up getting the number two spot. They have three three games versus uh, – they have three games coming up versus uh, Dublin. They have Dublin. Yeah, they and I, Paris. Yeah, but like you said, what does Christian have to play for? If 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 we if we're gonna use that excuse when we're we're for Vancouver, you have to use that same excuse for Cologne. And Cologne has actually played Christian pretty tough. Um, interesting analysis. Just a, a heads up for you. So I went ahead and looked at Kentucky, and I looked at Tampa Bay versus the three teams: Cologne, Seattle, and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. All three, Cologne, Vancouver, and Seattle, have a winning record versus Kentucky and Tampa Bay. Shocker. Yeah. So my point being is is that Shocker. is that I definitely think there's going to be some jockeying for position. I think Vancouver obviously would love to get back you, that you know second spot away from Cologne. You, okay, but like to use a to NBA reference because I know Bill loves it. Um, the Clippers years ago tanked to get to Denver, and then they fucking lost versus Denver. By doing so, by by trying to jockey for position, do you potentially run the because it is real life of upsetting these players and having them, you know, have that bulletin board material? Yeah, I mean, you know, once it, once again, I don't think you're I don't think you're going to upset the, uh, the 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 esport guys too bad. Um, yeah. I do need to say though, real quickly, I did make one minor mistake, so I do apologize. Kentucky, Kentucky actually has Production. a winning record versus Cologne. Okay, so for Cologne, yeah, it's big. They want to be number two. Um, I think I think that the division honestly is going to play out exactly as you see it right now. I think Paris number one. I think Cologne's number two. I think Vancouver's three. Seattle's four, and then um, Kentucky and Tampa Bay will you know are obviously not going anywhere in their division. So with that said, basically the way that the the division's going to match up is Seattle's going to play Cologne, and Vancouver would play Tampa Bay. Correct? That's how it would if it's sat right yeah, now. Yes. Right. So question though. Are you a betting man? I can be. What are the odds that Kentucky or Tampa Bay make it to the LCS? I mean. I would say that the odds that they make it to the LCS is probably. 25 to 1? I, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was going to be nice and say 15 to 1, but. I mean, the thing 15 is, fifteen to two. I'll give you fifteen to two. You have to. It, you have to look at. It's not just simply a matter of winning. Like for example, like a team like Tampa Bay. It's not, or or Kentucky because they have the same record. Depending on what happens this last time, it's not a matter of just beating a Vancouver, a Cologne, or a Seattle. Like you're going to have to beat two of these teams in order right. to get there, and that's right. really going to be the difficult part right. because. You know, once again, if you look at what these series have been like over the course of the year, they have not held an edge. So the, the, you know, the issue is, is that certain teams do better against certain teams. Like I'm sure Kentucky is hoping that they get an opportunity to play Cologne because they've played against them extremely well. Um, but we'll definitely, you know, we'll definitely see how this plays out, but I, I definitely say Kentucky, Tampa Bay, um, they're definitely going to need some managerial magic. I mean, I, it could definitely happen. Like we've talked about before, once you get to the dance, you don't care about who, you know, who's your well, partner, but once you get there, um, you've got the same shot as everybody else. Two years ago, Dennis came into the league, boom, championship last year, Jeff comes right. into the league, boom, championship. Right. Does that mean... I guess we don't have any new GMs entering the playoffs this year. That gym, but so I mean, Seattle, like, boom, championship, right? Boom, <laughs> let's just do it. Seattle, boom, championship. Let's let's go ahead and uh, say maybe. But regardless, I think Kentucky or Tampa Bay, you know, could make the LCS. But like twenty-five to one is probably where I'd place it, and I'd probably go a hundred to one for a team that doesn't win the division that has to go through two teams to get there. So. It's definitely going to be tougher. Um, the one thing I will say for – Am I know, wrong, though? Like, I'm not trying to discount Kentucky and Tampa Bay overall. I no, just, I don't – Four teams in your division are ridiculous. I don't, I don't think you are. I think – yeah, I think, I think what you have to look at is how – Four 90-win teams and the three correct. teams below pairs would have won 100 games in any other division. 
Right. I think it's it's all about the way the teams are constructed and how good they are. But I will tell you this. The one thing that I will not take away from Jeff or Dennis is, you know, it's one thing to, to take over a good team, which, you know, obviously Jeff did and, and Dennis did. But they still had to, you know, the, the playoffs, as you know, is a different beast. It's not just about setting up your rotation. It's not just about you know, setting up your, your lineup, it, it, it really truly is more of a chess match when throughout the season we're playing checkers. So I do give those guys a lot of credit. Um, you know, any, anything can happen when you I get just to the thought playoffs. it was interesting as well. So I, I, you know, I don't look forward to playing either one of those teams because these guys have already have a proven track record of success in the league. Um, let's, let's be honest here. Cologne's going to win the whole fucking thing because he has George Brett hidden third and Mickey Mantle hidden fourth. I mean, really, that's all we need to know. You know what? Speaking of Mickey Mantle, cause you brought this up and I do want to give a little bit of love here, not only to my guy, but I feel like I got to give some love here to Cologne's guys as well. I don't know if this has ever happened, Mike. Um, but before we go over to the ARL, I did want to bring this up real quickly. So oh, I take think your time. The ARL is super not interesting. So take so, your time. I, I think this is at least worth noting, right? So if you look at Mickey Mantle, Garrett Wolseley from my squad, and then even George Brett, right? In your in your um, memory bank, has anybody in the PBA, have we ever seen, I know Suzuki has been phenomenal, but have we ever seen a triple crown winner? Suzuki, I mean. Okay, so be, I mean besides Suzuki, excuse me. Besides um, Suzuki, have we ever seen that? Let me go check real quick. I am in game. Hold on. Okay. The reason I, I bring this up while you're looking it up is that as crazy as this sounds with only no, six No, Suzuki games, and it was last year. It's the only time it's ever happened. And for those interested, he had 63 homers. He hit 364, 477, 28, and he had 108 RBIs, 180 RBIs with 146 runs scored. So, I mean, he was okay for Suzuki right. standards. Honestly, like I'm only slightly kidding. That's not even his best season. But, I mean, he won the triple crown. So – I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to, I want to shed light on three guys and really it's going to be two guys, but I'm going to give, I'm going to give Georgia Brett some props too. So there's two guys right now that have the potential of actually claiming the triple crown this year in the FRL. Mickey Mantle, who's batting 345, which currently sits fifth in batting average, um, exactly two, two tenths of a point behind, or excuse me, uh, 347 right now has the lead from uh, Rick Matthews from Paris. Mickey Mantle's at 345. So, I mean, super close. Is that you or me? You. 345 is the, his batting average. He has 42 home runs, um, which puts him at fourth in the league in home runs. And then he has uh, 137 RBIs, which puts him at second. Mickey Mantle's 24 years old. We very possibly could see a scenario in which Mickey Mantle uh, ends up landing the triple crown. And then you look at a guy like Garrett Wolseley in the Fr- French Revolutionary League. He is at, uh, he has a 339 batting average. He's sixth. He's got 37 homers, which places him fifth. And he's got 121 RBIs, which places him fourth. We have two guys in Mickey Mantle and Garrett Wolseley that both rank in the top five in basically all three of those categories, batting average, home runs, and runs batted in. Now, going back to George Brett, George Brett has had a phenomenal year. I just noticed, though, he's only batting 329. So because he's, he's actually 20 points below only. Um, the guy, yeah, which only 329. But because he's 20 points below and we only have six games left, I don't think realistically he could make that jump. But it's pretty crazy to think that, that Wolseley is 27 and Mantle is 24. I mean, we could be seeing the FRL's version of Suzuki for the next four or five years. Let's calm down. Suzuki played in Montana. We're not seeing the FRL's version of Suzuki, but, he, but they're both going to be really good. Actually, you know what's kind of funny? You, you, you do mention Mantle when I was searching up here. On 10-13-2025 and 10-16-2025, those are playoff games. Um, He hit three home runs against Cologne. He hit three home runs against Cologne. So last year in the playoffs, he had basically two three-run home run games against Cologne in a single series. Not important, but I thought it was interesting because I came across it, so I wanted to share yeah, it's definitely worth the share. Like I said, um, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. You know, I and and everybody everybody talks about this every year. Mike. Hold on, just just just, just real quick. Suzuki, <laughs> Suzuki, his career three seventy four, 
361, 789 player career. So, I mean, maybe. He literally owns every single record offensively. There's like 20 of them here, and he doesn't have one, two, one, two. He doesn't have like four of them. So, I mean, it is what it is. Brody Stanley was caught. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Change, change subject. Change subject. <laughs> okay. This happens. So that, that, that's okay. That's the that's the pod damn it part of the podcast. So this is the this is the last thing that I want to bring up about the FRL that I find particularly interesting. Right. Um, I do. I want to say you know we've talked about how dominant the FRL is in in, in comparison to the ARL this year, but one thing that I find interesting is if you look at relief pitching. I think the ARL actually might be stronger uh, relief pitching your relievers. Um, like if you look at most of the teams in the, the FRL, you know, these 90 win teams and you were to look at like, what's their quote unquote Achilles heel, you know, Cologne, for example, <clears throat> their bullpen ERA is 411. They're, they're ranked sixth in uh, the FRL. You look at Vancouver um, bullpen of third, but they've got a 3.6 ERA. Um, the, the, the bullpen seems to be a, a question mark with the FRL. I just wonder if you think with FRL, that... uh, look at, unless you get, to, okay. So real quick, bullpen could be a problem. Like you're saying, right? You said but that, that's what that's I'm wondering. But, but the question, let me get it out and then you can finish your thought. I wonder if that leaves an opening for a team like a Kentucky or a Tampa Bay. Cause you gotta remember Tampa Bay and, and I, and I, and this, we, we got to bring this kid up. Tampa Bay has Ryan Russick, who's probably the best pitcher in the league right now. I mean, been lights out. So if you can get, if you can maintain a lead and this kid can eat innings the way he's been doing, he's been averaging about eight innings a start. I mean, Tampa Bay could absolutely, could absolutely, or Kentucky could absolutely uh, create a problem if some of these tough FRL teams, if you get to the bullpen. Here's the thing, though. That's going to have to be an FRL thing because – Hold on, real quick. Sorry, um, that's gonna have to be an FRL thing, though, my bro. Because like, if you're thinking about it, just looking, the only team on the ARL side that even remotely gives an opportunity to even subjectively provide issues and problems for bullpens on your side is probably Vegas, Cleveland, Montana, Oakland, like whatever. Well, I guess Montana a little bit because his park's a little wonky. Yeah. But like, this is the season that unless you're playing Vegas, like, there's gonna be no problem with a bullpen in the world series there just won't like you know sometimes there's there's holes or issues and it won't be the bullpen if you're playing vegas maybe because he has a lot of bats but oakland's not really pretty he has like oakland has some bats but they're really predicated more on pitching like honestly dude like if the frl doesn't win the world series like win the world series this year i'll be shocked vegas had 105 wins in a terrible league i think vegas is more in line with 90 to 94 wins that you're at i think you could have swapped you in vegas and you would have had similar records um I just don't see the bullpen being an issue once you get to the World Series this year. And maybe okay. I'm being short-sighted as it relates to that. No, um, no absolutely not, Mike. I, it, I, I think it's a good point. I just – I bring it up because – Dude, it, it's – it's the the World Series, as long as – God, I sorry, Dennis and Mike. But as, as, long, as long as Kentucky or Tampa Bay aren't in the LCS, the World Series will be the LCS on the FRL side. Like, that will be the best-played series of the – of the season and and, and, it, and you absolutely could be right like i said i bring it up because especially you being being a a veteran of the league and, and somebody that's heavily utilize, utilize the strategy but Go on. when you get to the playoffs you do know that teams that have these really good bullpens like you mentioned like a vegas um they tend to start using opener strategies or maybe they go to a three-man rotation with an opener or they you know tighten the reins on their on their pitcher so it just seems like to me that in the playoffs especially but as even more so as you get in further that having that really solid bullpen can really make the difference in a series and you're absolutely right 100 percent. i just don't know if uh if it matters offensively offensively I, yeah and, in, and honestly, like, when you go down the line and you look at everyone, and, again, I've been facing these teams on my side all year, there's not, like, there's a lot of solid teams, but every single one of these fucking teams can be beat, honestly. Vegas kind of, you know, excelled towards the end of the season. Sean did a great job. Bob's always going to be around. But other than that, like, Cleveland's fine. Montana's fine. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I actually have a prediction 
when we do a podcast, if we do a podcast for the playoffs, prediction, playoff predictions, which I'd like to get to with you tomorrow, I, I, you know, I, or the next day. But I, I really, I mean, I'll tell you right now who's my pick coming out of the ARL, and it's not Vegas, and it's not Oakland. Really? No, no. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get there if we do another podcast. But, yeah, we'll, um, def- we'll definitely have to get to that because I, I definitely find that interesting. Um, I, I will tell you, though, like, just because just we're talking about the ARL right now, I, I totally understand what you're saying because both – How uh, tested are the teams going to be in the ARL? That's the thing. Like, they're – like, I, dude, this is my league. You know, <laughs> we're fucking pretty hot garbage comparatively. Like, it's not – like, Toronto, I think, would have been a playoff team on my side. Like, for sure locked it in already. Cascadia, I think, would have been a playoff team already and locked it in. Chicago would have probably been fighting for it. Like, I mean, you have two bad teams on your side, Dublin and Montreal. Honestly, that's it. Long Island's had a bad year. I mean, he's 67 and 89, and he's lost nine out of his last 10, and he's lost 14 out of his last 16. Like, if you take those away, split them, he's at 500 almost. Like, it's kind of like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you, you, like, you, not almost 500, but, like, you have two bad teams. Orlando's bad, Winnipeg's bad, Salem's bad, Palmetto's bad. Fucking New York, Disney, and Honolulu don't look great. We're in a bad division. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we have three good teams on our side, four good teams on our side. I think Mon- Montana's okay. I think Montana's more of a fucking case of our division, our side being crap. I think Cleveland's solid. I think Milwaukee's the best team in that division, not even close, but started minus 19 in, um, you know, his record. He splits those. He has 90, 90 wins. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... No, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, you you know as well as I do that you have to build your team to win your division, right? Absolutely. So you you can't worry about what the other side's doing or what's going on. So what 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 I would say yeah, is wait, this. Wait, wait, stop, 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 stop talking. Let me ask you a question. All right. Are you a fan of interleague? Personally, for me, I wish there was no interleague, but that's just me. I. I am a fan of interleague. I okay. actually, I actually go the opposite way of you. Okay. Is, surprise. surprise. Uh, I actually wish there was more interleague games because me personally. You want to boost those ninety wins? No, that's actually funny though. But no, the the reason being is is that having three games right against Cleveland. Let's just say, let's just say say for you know. Because you want the fucking data, but it's three correct. games in April. Like who cares? No, that's my point. Is the three games in April? Who cares? But if I had ten games versus Cleveland or so you Vegas, want a balanced oh, schedule where you play everybody the same amount of times? I I I think it would make sense. You wouldn't hmm. have a, you wouldn't have a hundred and five win Vegas team and a you know and a you know whatever a eighty win Kentucky team. Interesting. That's maybe, the, just my opinion. Maybe and we can have set a subset of Pod Damn it, where it's called Mike and Brian brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Think up a, a, a bunch of crazy rules that'll never get passed. <laughs> oh, don't I? Do you know how many of those I have? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so so listen, we we need to focus a little bit here. Let's talk about the ARL. Okay, Why? I know you've talked about it a little bit because okay. because they still are going to be represented okay, in the enough. show, and, and, and they and, still and, have a legitimate. And by the way, I'm only somewhat being facetious about the ARL. Like we're not great this year, but that's okay. We were good early couple seasons. So and, you know, we didn't win the titles, but we've been good for a while. But you know, ebb and flows. I just think the top teams are on your side right now. Like I said, Paris, Cologne, Vancouver, Seattle. I take against anyone on our side. Like so. Here's the interesting league. thing. Here's the interesting thing to me, Mike. Yes, so ma'am. we've sorry, already. Sorry. Thank you. Here's we've already determined. Obviously, you know Oakland. It's Oakland because your voice is so succulent, my friend. I, I know. Well, that's a very interesting way of describing my voice. I appreciate that, though. Just remember that in trade negotiations next time. I expect oh. a better deal. Yeah, no problem. Um, Vegas and Oakland are obviously already in. They're very good teams. Um, Cleveland and Montana have already clinched. We'll talk about them. But to me, the most interesting thing in this whole league, I know you want to talk about the FRL, but to me, the most interesting thing is the Orlando is that, Whoppers and their inability to sign any other players. And now they're all in Oakland. Yes. I don't like that either. They're all in my division. <laughs> That's interesting as well, but you have six teams. Love you, Scott. You have six teams that are literally vying for two spots. Now, granted, Milwaukee's four games up right now, so they're probably a clinch at this point. Yes. But you have you have four teams vying for one spot, and they're all within four games. Honolulu, each other. you, New York, and Salem. And that's what I was just going to say. You guys all play each other. I'm going to let you go first. This is your division. You're the professor on, the, on this particular side. You yes, tell yes. me, how's this going to play out? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> 
I was talking to you last night. You don't want to say. No, 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 no. I I was talking to you last night. I said, fuck. Like, if I just go two and four, I think I have a shot. I went one and five. I still have a shot. Um, I, I, I just don't know. Like, you... Okay, so let me quickly just do this. Let's go to the pennant chase. Um, Honolulu, 551, but that's because he has Oakland the last series of the season. I have Honolulu in New York. New York has – where's New York? New York is down here, I guess. New York has Palmetto and Disney. I would probably say, you know, it's funny because obviously I think Oakland's probably sitting people. So I would kind of lean towards, okay, well – that's going to be a pretty easy three-game series. But then at the same time, I'm like, Jacobson, people think I'm cheating. I'm not trying to cheat. So I'm going to play everyone mode. So, by the way, we're not calling Jake a, a cheater, you know, on the podcast. But I'm saying every – like, I feel like Jacob thinks the perception of him is that people th- – like, Gary put out that thing because of him well, and well, whatever he did. But that's besides okay, the point. Hold on. You brought that brought, brought it up, so I'm just going to say this real quickly because yes. I think it's important. See, this is what so, I say rambling and shit. You yeah, have to rein yeah. me in because I'll say things I absolutely mean but don't yeah. mean to say publicly. But No, I, I get it, but I think it's important to say this because um, I think, and this is my opinion, I think whether it was a direct response to what Gary said or a mismanagement, to choose however you want. So Jacob okay. decided that he was trying to hold all his prospects back so that they could all come in at the same time. And for whatever inexplicable reason on a, on a season where he's 40 games below first place and he has no chance at, at, at uh, making the playoffs, why start the clock on all these guys? Why put in all these guys that are like one and a half star out of five star guys? I why mean, not play your, your A guys that are two out of two and a half star guys. So here, here, here's the thing also. Um, I mean, Palmetto is going to be good. There, oh. I mean, all, all he, I mean, and, and Jacob seems like he knows what he's doing. So that's fine. That, that, that is a, what we call a bonus. He said he knows what he's doing, but his team has so many high top potentials. He just has to put them in place and let them suck. And they're going to be good eventually. I mean, he just signed Fivio at 18 years old to a $51 million deal. Like he clearly knows what he's doing. Look at his salary sheets. He, he's not stupid. He has the last two years team options, so he can extend early if he wants. They will be thirty. I mean, shit, dude. When when that guy's a free agency, free agent, he'll be twenty eight. Um, Palmetto clearly knows what he's doing. I don't think anyone's ever questioned Jacob knows what he's doing. I think the question have been he knows too much of what he's doing. If you look at his salary sheet, he has, and this would be the reason for the argument for. He has about ten guys extended for ten seasons, like making one million, two million bucks. So I mean. Whatever, call it what you will. He knows what he's doing in terms of the money versus the contracts versus the length, and they're all five-star players. So he's going to be good. His salary is going to be cheap. He's going to be a great team. That That's fine, whatever. As far as this season goes, though, and I do think people were looking because, I mean, I know I, – I mean, I'm not going to out anybody, but I know I did have conversations when GMs came to me asking me what's going on, like blah, 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 blah. Not a lot, but more than one. Um, maybe it's the same subset of GMs, but regardless – um, I was only making my point as it relates to Palmetto because I don't think he's going to be, you know, throwing it in versus where he was by starting all the players he started when he first joined the league last year. So that Palmetto and that Oakland series might be super simple versus what you might have expected earlier in the season where, fuck, it's Oakland and <laughs> it's Palmetto. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's right. probably like, no problem. That's a five and one sim. Now, I don't know. Um, I have New York. I have Honolulu. If I want to make the playoffs, what do I do? I have. I, I would say I'm in the best position to make the playoffs if I take care of business because I'm playing the two teams that are right there. Correct. So I'm not saying I'll make the say, playoffs. You can say the, the same thing. You say the same thing about Honolulu. You can, but I won't, um, <laughs> because I've already been too nice to carry lately. I was going to say that's a personal vendetta, though. That's not because he can't actually yeah. do it. God damn it, <laughs> Carry, who I don't really know that well, by the way. Um, but no, so I mean, Kerry's been great too. I mean, he's had a, he's had a good team this year. He's been fine, but but we've all just been kind of shitty. Like, I've been fine. I go like, I go two and two and eighteen over three sims, and then I win thirteen to fourteen. Like, it just it's like there's just been a lot of up and down. There's been no consistency. I'm two out of my last ten. All I had to do was if I go five and five, I'm up by two and a half games with six left like it's just one of those seasons like everything's up and down um i know from my personal perspective i could not be happier all i mean i'm in the playoff race the last game of the season and i played all my rookies all year i played no no veterans like i'm, I'm fucking thrilled everyone's got development I've, i kind of know what i have um if i had to put a gun to my head which i hope i never have to do um 
I'm still, I'm still gonna, I'm, st- I, I don't know, man. Like me and Gary have traded wins back and forth all year. I think I've won a decent amount over him versus him versus me, but we have traded wins. I, I'm probably gonna go New York, even though the two games back. And that's kind of weird because while he is fifth in runs scored, he is 11th in runs against. But I'm a big believer in things flip eventually, and it has to flip, right? I mean, he's sixth in the league in home runs. He's really high on base. He was first or second as of last sim. So, I mean, he may not win out, but he has the highest upside of any of this last three teams offensively. And by saying that, I think that can, you know, he could have a couple hot games. Lord knows I'm not starting any good starting pitching. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I don't know. I, 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 I honestly, if, if gun to head, I would pick New York, but I have fucking absolutely no idea. So please don't ask me to do that. I think Milwaukee's in. I, 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 I'm not going to go with Gary. Um, and the, and the primary reason, but do you see my point though? I understand the logic. I do understand the logic. I think even Gary would tell you my biggest concern with, with the bombers is number one, you know, that I, I, I literally do math for a living they can't pitch they're they're two games back with six games to go which means one of you guys right like you would assume one of you guys whether it's whether whether it's carrie and honolulu or you uh, as disney is going to win at least three games right like say you're gonna you go 500 because one of you two is gonna have to win at least two games in your series so i'm saying if you guys go 500 that means he's gonna have to win five of six games okay and with his pitching the way that it is right now with his pitching the way that it is and as many many guys as he's lost, I, I just don't see that happening. He's 11-14 and 14 right now in September. He's actually come back down to reality, if you will, because I he think started he started out off too. really hot. Gary was really excited. That yeah, he was start. really – he started off really hot, and I think what's happened here is through attrition and injuries, I think we've seen that uh, New York bullpen just – isn't where it needs to be in order to carry this squad. And the reality is if you look at the starters ERA, his starters aren't really good enough. You know, I don't I don't know a nicer way of saying that, but I don't think his starters His staff has a fucking six enough. ERA. His bullpen has a five. Correct. Fucking Correct. terrible. Like right. it's, that that is hard to do for a team that's in the playoff. Like Eamon Gary, he put together a fucking killer offense, which is why the team has an opportunity to do it. Yeah, no, it's it's really funny because Gary, like, if you get okay, so quickly because I know mine off the top of my head. If you go down Disney, six and runs, fourth and allowed, we're like minus eight on the season. If you go by the PYT, Disney should be in the playoffs already. Whatever, just 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 by that little stat thing. If you look at Gary's team, his team is so fucking upside down offensively and defensive, like offensively and pitching. Like yeah. he's he's eleventh, eleventh, or eleventh, tenth, eleventh, basically. Basically, not even just bottom half, not like outside of the top six. Like he's like bottom third in every fucking category. Yeah, eleventh, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, ninth, 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 tenth, eighth. Like that—that's terrible. I mean, basically, basically his defense. defense I was just gonna say that. Basically, his defense and starting pitching is so bad that he's out crushing of, it offensively. It doesn't even matter. That's what I was just gonna say. That his team, his his defense and his pitching has so been so bad that if you look at all the teams in the ARL, he's in the bottom three right now and runs allowed. So that's the reason why I have a hard time saying Gary's but got I, a shot to get in. You asked me to pick, and I pick based on the upside it, of the team. I think his team has the highest upside. Once again, if you if you told me, hey, Disney, New York. Honolulu, who's going to score the most runs over the course of the last six games? New York. I pick, I pick New York, but I also think they give up the most runs. That's Fair what enough. I'm saying. He, he, he so, definitely has a feast or famine team right now. Right. So if I had, you know, once again, like you said, because I'm not putting a gun to my head, but if I had to choose, um, I'm probably going to take Honolulu. Are we just ignoring Salem? I think we are because, okay. um, you know. He has to go 6-0 and basically. He has to win out. He not only has to like. Here's the problem with Salem, is he has he's back four games, and you have six to go. Which means if Honolulu wins two games, he literally can't make the playoffs because they he holds the edge on the divisional on their head to head. You know what I think Disney's best chance of making the playoffs is is that we're two and eight in our last ten. We lost three in a row and. Typically, shit flips upside down. So I think I, that's our best chance. I, I I understand, and you know what? That's very possible. I I think that you know it comes down to honestly. I think it comes down to you you or Honolulu, and I think that the fact that you guys have a um, three game set right out the gate is huge, right? We because may know by the end of the third day. That's that, what I'm saying. Yeah, you may know because if you, for example, let's say you sweep 
right? Or he sweeps. Let's let's keep it fair. He sweeps, it's over. He sweeps, it's over. Exactly. That's exactly what I was getting at. Even if Gary wins the the first three games, New York right. wins the first three games, if Honolulu sweeps, it's pretty much a wrap. So with that said, you know, uh, uh, you need you you definitely need to take at least two out of three out of that series. But how do you think sure. and we're gonna get more into the, the the series, if you will, but like let's just say for argument's sake, because I like pissing you off, let's say Honolulu gets that second wild card. Uh-huh. Right? We have Milwaukee Honolulu as the wild cards. What a shit have, playoffs, yeah. And, and and you miss it by one game. We're just making it. Again, more like mad. last year. I, well I did <laughs> wait, wait, did I make No, you had the play in game, remember in but Vegas beat you. The play-up, but well if you if you're going by the MLB, that's technically the playoffs, but the game didn't count it, but go on. Right, right. Yeah, we're not gonna give you credit or any money for it. That's fine. Cleveland, Montana, and then you got uh, Vegas. Yo, Kevin and in Cleveland Oakland. can thank me also. His players can. I said fucking Milwaukee's going to win by 10 plus games, and then Cleveland turned it on. So you're welcome, Kevin. <laughs> so how do you, how do you see, um, like from a matchup standpoint, Milwaukee's clearly going to e- end up playing uh, Montana. Do, Correct. Do you, do you see, I mean, these are two teams in the same division. They're separated by three games. What do you, how do you, like, don't give a prediction or anything, but I'm just curious. I find that to be a really fascinating matchup because I think it could go either way. No, I think, no, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bury the lead for the next playoff preview podcast, but I think Milwaukee's coming out of our side. So, um, I, his team is like, we've talked about this. Once the playoffs start, stats, previous season, that shit don't matter. Um, like, truly to me, like, it's kind of like, once the playoffs start, if you've had a bad season, whatever. Milwaukee hasn't had a bad season. He had a bad start. Like That's true. That's actually a really a good point. Terrible start. He was minus 19 on first five. Like, wasn't he? I, I, I'll have to ask Shane, but I'm pretty sure he was minus 19 on his overall record, my dude. Like, like minus 19. Like, 1 in 20. Like, not 1 in 20, but like 1 in 20. Like, he was minus no, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was, he had a, he, like you said, he had an absolutely horrific start. Like, almost traded, we talked trade and it just like, it was just kind of exploratory and like neither one of us really wanted to do anything, but we were talking because, you know, that's what you do when your team's fucking one in 20, basically. And I'm going to go and use it. So here you go. You ready? I'm going to, I'm going to give this to you because I think that this is, this is worth Do you agree though? Milwaukee hasn't had a bad season. He had a bad 20 games. He actually had a bad first two months. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the lowdown. You ready? In April. In April, he went seven and sixteen. Horrible okay, so start. He's he's 16. already minus nine. Mm-hmm. In May, he went nine and twenty. There you go. There's your minus twenty. Yeah, that's so there's you're... right. So after May, he was twenty under five hundred, and since then, June he went seventeen and ten. July he went eighteen and five. August he went fifteen and fifteen, and then in September he went fourteen and eleven. <laughs> so he's he's been positive each month. I think your dog's trying to let us know that we're, we're just about running out of time here. So, Well, we, we, we said we were going to keep ourselves to 20 or 30 minutes. And, hey, guess what? You will learn from me. And Brian is, like, one of the only people that I've ever met that can keep up with my uh, the air that's in my lungs. So it should be a lot of interesting. <laughs> we're going to go for 20 minutes. Hey, this is 97 minutes long podcast. Yeah, so um, <laughs> <laughs> any, anything you want to wrap up with? Anything that we need, we, we need to touch yes, on here before we get out? quick because the season's ending. And I guess we could save it for the next time, but I don't want to save it for the next time. I'm going to do it right now. We can get into it further. What has been your one biggest surprise? Oh, my Amazon package came. I'm excited. I got my IC pre-workout. Um, what, what is What has been your most and, – and, and we're going to keep it Seattle-centric this year. Um, and you're not allowed to talk about Gareth Woosley because we all hey. know that you're – Erection for him is, you know, Eiffel Tower levels. But outside of Woosley, 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 how do you say it? How do you just, want me to pronounce hey, it? Moving forward, just because, uh, you know, I really don't like uh, watching a grown man str- struggle so much. Just say Gareth. Gareth? Can I say G? <laughs> G-man. G-W. Uh, dude, I'm going to go G-dub. 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 There you go. G-dub. 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 Okay. G-dub. Uh, aside from G-dub, um, what would you say was your biggest surprise from your team this year? This one for me is actually really easy, and this is something that actually we, we talked, talked about, about before the yeah. season started. But the biggest surprise for me made, Brian. Jesus. has – oh, that's right uh, – is has been my bullpen. Um, you know, everybody – I think everybody in the league knows that Henry Luna is is a stud, right? Like, he's okay. He's he's okay. You know, he had a 1.53 ERA. Uh, Underperformed you know. in May probably. Somewhere yeah. In there. Yeah, but – 
But I mean, 22 save opportunities. He's only blown one. He's been very good. Another year, sub, sub two. Of that contract you signed him to, but go on. Hey, that's okay. You know what? Because that 15 million that I'm paying him, he, he's going to earn every bit of it when we start getting those playoff, it's those actually playoff victories. funny because, I mean, he only had a one war. There. Hold on, let me check his R war. He only had a one war. He had a 2.3 R war, so that was fine. But I mean, he's, <laughs> if you look, he's actually statistically your, your, your most least efficient player cost per war, but yeah. he's probably a top three player on your entire I, team this year. I love Despite, him, man. Yeah, I'll take, I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that, that horrible war to, to dollar value uh, every day. So, Anytime I can get a pitcher that can. Uh, so can give I poke holes in him real quick? Go for it. <laughs> How nervous are we about his 186 and BABIP on the season? And his four K uh, walks per nine. Like it doesn't really matter. He's striking. So here's. I don't really care. Right, but but here's here's what I attest this to because I've been asked this question by somebody else. Who who was that? Tell me. I I I I cannot reveal my sources, but I will just tell you he's from Montreal. So, no, it's it's Rob from Montreal. Montreal. Rob from Montreal, but I don't. I I, this is what I contributed to. So obviously, real quick, time out again. Every time we talk about Rob, we now have to say Rob from Montreal. Has to be like a whole a whole gag. Absolutely, Rob from Montreal. So, which is the Montreal GM? He's not actually from Montreal, but I digress. Oregon, right, or Portland? I think. Yeah, something like that. But some SoCal. Here's the way that I here's the way that I attribute it. So I know the game says, "Hey, 300s average. If you're over that, your guy's been unlucky. If it's under, he's he's been very lucky." Well, what I say is, it's very difficult to be extremely lucky the entire year. I look at the fact that he's an extreme ground ball pitcher. And he's probably getting a lot of either, you know, softly hit or, you know, hard hit ground balls that are going directly to position players. Yeah. Could that eventually lead to more hits? It surely could. But once again, your defense is solid, my dude. You you have to look at it. You have to look at it as a whole, right? 232 ERA plus 22 save opportunities, only one blown. And like you said, he's a 10 strikeout guy and less than one home run per nine. Like to me, he's a solid player. Yeah, and and I'm, I was only somewhat being facetious anyway. He still has a minus, you know, 77 FIP. His his win probability is at two plus almost. His R war is at 2.3, which would be his fourth best ever. Like he's he's obviously having a good he's, season. It's just it's it's just kind of a peek into like how like in, in my opinion how people will focus on a stat or two and really like right. you don't always know the whole thing without looking at the whole thing like we've talked enough that I know your defense is great so that helps clearly but I mean you know he's playing into his 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 skill set and he throws a fastball right. on a slider like he if dude if 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 with his with as efficient as he is if if that fastball was a changeup like keep the slider but if the fastball was a changeup like he'd be like a 14k per nine guy but probably yeah. Like, Based yeah. on the way the game handles a measure. Or a knuckleball, if he was a knuckleballer as opposed to a fastballer. <laughs> if he was a knuckleball, he'd have like 20 per, per nine. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, but no, anyways, getting back to the bullpen. So, you know, I've, I've called up. It's funny because if you look at my call-ups this year, right? So, uh, Jost, Brizelton, um, Cricks, like – half my my bullpen is call-ups these are guys that have been called up they have you know sub four eras they're they're all pitching fairly well but the 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 thing is is that the 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 bullpen has been fairly efficient right like i'm not saying my my bullpen's great but you know it's 3.00 bullpen era which is first on the frl side and going into it you know i really thought between having you know, signing Rich Nunn to the big contract and Ben Jones and Alex Bauer and, and Justin Blair, you know, these, these pitchers I had, I, I was really concerned about my bullpen when in actuality, my bullpen's probably been better than my starting rotation. So that would be the biggest surprise for me. What about you? Is your biggest surprise also your biggest fear in the playoffs though? Or do you think it's going to maintain its eliteness? Uh, no, I, I, I a hundred percent, Win, lose, or draw. I have a hundred percent confidence in the bullpen. They've they've proven it. I have far less confidence in my starting rotation, which will be what I probably spend the most time on when the playoffs start. Is organizing and making sure I have the right arms in the right position to succeed. Would you allow me to pay for a nickname for Beltron? That is a question. <laughs> 
It would depend on what the nickname is. Actually, you know what? Let me let me go ahead and digress on that. Actually, it's a no. If it was anyone else, <laughs> I would say maybe. But knowing you the way I do, I already know that's a bad idea. I was idea. gonna name him Big Dig B because like he See? has no problem. <laughs> he's no problem throwing at people. I absolutely. It's so funny. I'm sure it means absolutely nothing. But I love in my mind thinking that Beltron. He's like, I'm a rookie. It's my third game ever. And I'm just gonna throw at this guy because he's in my division, and I'm gonna be seeing him for the next ten years and fuck him. Like it's gonna be I, great. See, I thought you were gonna say Chen Music. So his yeah. name. Would be Mario I mean, Chin Music Beltran. I am a huge wrestling fan, so I mean we can go with the Shawn Michaels vibe, um, <laughs> but we don't have to. But I don't know my your my, right. my biggest surprise for your team. Listen, I mean, tell listen, me how good your bullpen was. I'm focus, totally opposite. Focus, because we got to get out of here soon. Okay. Biggest surprise for Disney this year. What 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 was your biggest surprise for for your team this year? That I somehow managed to deal Joey Key for sixty days instead of two weeks. That that actually was really funny. Um, <laughs> to the rest of the league, we f- we found it very funny. I'm sure to you, you were like, "What the hell?" I was like, "Oh no, I did this." Gary, throw me a lifeline. Two weeks later, man, this is still happening. Gary, throw me a line. and Gary's like, "I don't know." No, honestly, uh, if I if, if honestly, I think my uh, my pitcher WAR was actually a little low this year. It was at 21 and a half, um, and it's gonna sound funny saying that because that's still really solid. But I actually thought I had higher upside potentially. Uh, Pitching-wise. But they still played well, you know. Fifth starting ERA, bullpen was fourth. FIP was second. Not surprising there. Strikeouts, I was second. Um, with, like, 1,100 strikeouts plus. But, honestly, my that and probably my defense being as bad as it was, um, I, I don't think my defense analytically is probably 11th and 12th. But, um, you know, it surely didn't help. I mean, one in total. I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know. I'm... I, <laughs> I know it's going to sound like bullshit, but I'm super excited how the season turned out for me. I played all my kids, basically, yeah. and I won 74 games. Granted, on a bad side, but it's always nice to know that the players you're building around can compete going forward with average teams. I mean, because really... Absolutely. They're only going to get better from here, and I know you've been touting Billy Ramos for uh, for rookie Nobody of the year. would listen. Ramos with that 97 contact, yo. He's nasty. If he doesn't win rookie of the year, I'm going to be super pissed. Like, I understand there's other players doing great, but offensively, he's, like, murdering all rookies. So, What's his war, Mike? His war? What, what do you mean? What, 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 what is his true war? Or what if his war offensively, his war no, no. is, like, four? What's his war? What does the war say? The war, Well, his <laughs> Okay, so his war is <laughs> 1.4, but if he nah, does, he's not winning. War is four, he's not winning. Because people look at war. That's fine. I know. It's, it's, I'm it's giving fine. you a hard time because I know how you feel. Uh, I mean, he's I mean been, the probability at it is the highest of any rookie, but we're going to ignore that. But listen, the bottom the bottom line is he's, a, including that asshole he's, a, he's, a, true, he's a true rookie, right? Like you have true some rookie. kids that get called up in September. No, no, they get he, a taste he started day one. He's about right. 158 games. Most I've ever played anybody is like he's, 100. There's nobody that can't say that he hasn't been – I'm not even going to say solid. He's been great. So he definitely, if he doesn't get major consideration, I agree with you. I think there is some other kids, you know, like Ty Cobb um, and some of the other, I had to mention him because, you know. I can't. I can't with all the fucking, <laughs> fucking real people names. It just, it, this is a fictional league, damn it. Like, I feel like, I feel like Babe Ruth should be in there too for, well, for I, uh, I mean, don't, I mean, my, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you're getting me tongue tied at this point, but no, uh, Honestly, my offense did pretty well this year, too. You know, that just quickly talking yeah. about it. My, my, my offense did really well. Oh, you know what? I know what I'm going to say. All, all these other GMs out there that didn't want Sylvan LeBarrier, you know, got him for 2.3 war, 2.5 million, stuffy, gold glove defense, three war. Like, all these guys cost me nothing. Like, guys, come, come on, guys. You guys were trying to compete. Sign these people. They make nothing. I know they're not sexy, but they're going to give you, like, great value every year. I wish more of those guys signed. If you if you actually look at my team cost efficiency wise, I don't know if you can see that page of mine, but I'm fifth in win, fifth in loss, third in run scored, fourth in runs allowed, and fourth overall war. So despite being you know not making the playoffs, I'm very happy because I played very efficiently this year, and I have a lot of fun playing this way. So. All right, Mike. Well, that's about all the time we have. Um, if you got any final thoughts or anything before we get out of here, and uh, you can close this out, man. Thanks, everybody, for uh, listening. Hope we enjoy while you're working. You could listen to the podcast, and if you have any feedback, uh, definitely let us know in Slack. Thanks, yeah, guys. Directed at Brian only. Specifically uh, no, um, to Disney. He's got uh, he's got the complaint channel up. Just uh, go at Disney and uh, <laughs> go ahead and type in whatever your info is. But all joking aside, if, if you guys like the podcast, um, we'll be uploading it to Slack tonight because that'll be the quickest way. And then I got to go to the 72-hour verification through Apple Podcasts, which will blast it out through speaker and everywhere else. 
um, and expect it to be up on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, um, just everything in 72 hours. But it'll be on Slack tonight to just listen through the actual web browser. And if you guys liked it, let us know and we'll keep going because I think we had a lot of fun today, Brian, and an hour went by really quick. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, had a had a blast. Look forward to uh, talking to you guys again. That's all that we have here from the PBA Poddammit podcast. We'll see you guys soon.